welcome to I'm In Here, a space all about spirituality, healing, and awakening for Black women, inclusive of women of trans experience, as well as gender non-conforming and non-binary people of color. Here, I share tools and skills that have helped me along my spiritual and personal journey, and hopefully you will find some value in the information for your own journey to grow, heal, and align with your higher self. My name is Kendall, and I thank you for joining me. Hello, hello, hello. I am back. Welcome back. Uh, So the last episode was a really good episode. I think it was a good... I haven't gone back to listen to it as of yet. Uh, I'm just kind of going back into the feeling of it. And it was so really... It was just it was a beautiful experience to kind of share with you some of the things that I've been going through, experiencing, working on, working through, all that kind of good stuff. And like I said, in the end of the last episode, I want to talk more about, uh, more specifically, I think I want to talk about my gender identity and the journey that I have been on with that, which is also tied into healing. It's also tied into ancestry all the things and so all this stuff that I'm sharing with you is tied into all of those things so let's get started I want to say that it was about two years ago that I or maybe a year ago that I kind of remembered that I'm non-binary And I say remember because around the time that I was tossing this word non-binary around in my head, I was thinking about my childhood and I was thinking about the, the way that I felt in my body as a child. I knew that the world, the world was responding to me as a girl because that's how I looked but I did not think of myself, I didn't think of myself as a girl. I just, I I thought of myself, I honestly truly thought of myself as an alien. That's really what I thought that I was. I wholeheartedly believe that I was an alien and I came from some other star system. I mean, this was another (laughs) childhood foundational memory that I had that I was so very certain of, unshakable, you could not tell me otherwise. I was like, I'm an alien. I'm from some other star system. I'm here because I'm checking out this planet. It seems really cool. And all of you, as in all the other humans, y'all were from other star systems. All of us decided to come here in these bodies, in this lifetime to experience this planet. That's it. legitimately, I mean, I, I didn't have the intricacies of that type of, uh, of, of words to explain it, but that's ultimately what I felt was just, yeah, I'm not from here. And when people would respond to me or people would interact with me based off of how based off of the body that I'm in I I could conceptually understand that because I'm like yes I I look like a girl that makes sense but this is just the shell this is just the outer covering of me which doesn't have any particular gender now I also grew up a tomboy um so I was very much into being outside, getting dirty, climbing trees. The other beautiful thing that I really appreciate about my upbringing, particularly my family, is that 
there was never any type of pressure for me to be something that I was not. So it wasn't as if my mother was like, you got to wear dresses. If I happened to go, like when we would go shopping for clothes and we would go like around, like, you know, school shopping or whatever and getting ready for the, the new school year, um, sometimes I would go into the boys section just because I liked certain colors or I liked the way they put certain things together or I would like a certain fit of a certain shirt or maybe a certain pant and there was never any pushback it was never like what are you doing you're in the wrong section so I really appreciate my family of origin my my nuclear family for really kind of just maybe it was like they didn't care it was like whatever sure Kendall what what sure (laughs) fine it's all right um but even if it was that flippant which I don't think it was I think it was is was very much intentional it was I I really appreciate the the ability to kind of stretch myself and I think back to some some of the outfits that I wore some of the, the outfits that I picked um even in high school where they could seem more masculine presenting but I was just like yeah I just this is kind of what I want to wear this is how this is how I feel um and these are all external things right and and sometimes the external particularly what you're putting on your body can be a form of expression of how you're feeling inside um but I didn't really have any words for it. I didn't describe myself as non-binary. It was never a term that I had heard of until I think I was like a young adult, maybe somewhere in like my mid-20s. I think I was like, I'd start to hear this term non-binary. And even then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And kept it moving, didn't really give it much thought. Um, But it was more so in the past a couple of years where I started to kind of think of myself <clears throat> as something beyond this this physical body. Now, in the last episode, I told you that part of my work has been healing some old traumas. And some of those old traumas are really do kind of center around my physical body. I was a, a dancer for many, 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 many years. And so I was in a field where you're criticized for your body. And because I am, I present to the world as a black woman. I have sizable breasts. <laughs> Just gonna be honest. Um, I have muscular legs. Uh, I don't got a booty. Just then, I wasn't blessed with that. But I have a muscular build, and I just have. Some people have used the word voluptuous, but I don't, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to describe my body, but it's not, it, it certainly was not the ideal or the, the, the picture perfect, like ballet body, this long, thin, that was not me. And so I had teachers who would nitpick about certain things of my, of my body in class, in front of everybody you know, do this, do that. I remember very vividly uh, wanting to go into, I took track, I think for like a year, because I just really was intrigued by track. And I told my ballet teacher that I was in track because I had to coordinate with um, <laughs> my 
my schedule of my dance classes and she got so upset with me she was like you do not need to be running track you're going to get bigger than you already are you're going to get more muscular you're going to look more masculine you need to take swimming because that will that will elongate your muscles it'll elongate your body and you're short and you're stocky and yeah yeah so mm mm-hmm yep (laughs) I mean that's kind of like the consistent drumbeat of information that I heard for many many years and you know there was I, I would say to myself at the time like oh I just ignore it it doesn't bother me but it did it did bother me because it's someone is always telling you that your how you look is never good enough. Uh, and then when I would start to get like very soft curves, uh, right? Cause body size fluctuates. It never stays the same. Uh, so then when I would get a little bit more curves, yep, sure enough, uh, criticism from teachers about that. And so it just kind of set this tone of, I don't really like my body. (laughs) I don't like it. And I wish I could change it. I never did anything very extreme to my body. I think the most extreme, well, that's not true. (laughs) The most extreme thing that I did to my body was I became a runner years ago. And for me, it was a huge cathartic exercise practice. I mean, in the first couple of months, maybe in the first year that I started running, it was extremely painful. And I actually started, I had been running for many years, but it was on and off, on and off until I kind of just committed one year. And I was like, you know what, either I'm going to do this or I'm not. And then after that, I just was consistently running uh, at least four times a week, maybe it started like two times a week and then moved up to four times a week. Um, and so that was a very extreme thing that, that I did to my body because I then started training for marathons and, uh, dropped a lot of weight and it wasn't the intention to, I I wasn't, that wasn't the goal. It was a byproduct. Uh, but it was to the point where I'll never forget. There was one Thanksgiving I went to my mother's house and she had invited some of her friends and extended family over and some of the people were asking me like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, you know, training for this. And they're like, you just, you look very, you look very thin. I wasn't paying attention to that. But at that time there was this feeling of once again, I was still very critical of my body and how, right. There was still kind of commentary about it, whether I was, too muscular, uh, too soft and round, or too thin. So there was always kind of like, there was always commentary (laughs) about my body. And I started to also feel as though my body wasn't mine, like it didn't belong to me. And other people felt that they had more agency and right to comment and also to, to touch my body. People sometimes in their attempt to, I, I don't know, I don't know what their thought or their their feeling is of other people's bodies, other people's agency. But sometimes like people would just <laughs> either touch my hair or 
even like if we were having kind of like let's say like a sister girl moment and like somebody's like ooh like I don't know patting your butt or something like that and it's like yeah okay like we can have that moment but also why did you feel that it was necessary to to pat my butt like I, you and not to say you got to ask for consent every minute of every second but I mean you know we should have some type of like understanding of maybe I wouldn't want that type of attention. Maybe I wouldn't want that type of, of response that we are in a, that that we're connected in this moment. You don't got to like slap me on my butt. You could just be, we could just have this moment. <laughs> we could just, we could just have this moment. We could just live in this moment. So I, I felt as though my, my body was not, was not mine. And it made it very difficult to have any type of really sustaining self-love practice because if I don't feel like my body's mine and I also feel like my body has been the site of uh, of a lot of harm, then like even to reconnect to it is is kind of, it's difficult, it's challenging. Uh, so I had to start in in very small ways, in very small intentional places of looking myself in the mirror and picking parts of myself that like I I was already kind of having a, a like a little love affair with, but really kind of loving on that part even more. So I like something as simple as like my clavicle area. It's just I'm like, I like, ooh, like I have such a nice little clavicle. <laughs> and so... I would just be in the mirror kind of looking at my clavicle. just like, oh, like, it's so cute. Like, oh, you know. And that was something that was simple that I started with myself of what are the things that I, that I really do like, that I really do see, that I, that I find pleasure in when it comes to my body. How, how can I extend that, that um, loving, compassionate, joyous energy to from from that part of myself that I already have like some kind of love affair with and then move that same energy into something that eh, I'm kind of like neutral about and then keep moving keep moving keep moving and something else I realize is like when I look at other people's bodies I'm actually not critical of other people I'm not judging other people's bodies for their shape their size I I actually see beauty in bodies. And so when I started to think about that, I was like, it's interesting that when I can look at someone else's body, I can see it as beautiful. Particularly if I see bodies that are voluptuous. I like, I love bodies that look like bodies, like <laughs> that, that, that have, like, that have meat, that have softness, that have roundness, that have rolls. Like, you know, that to me is like, yeah, that looks like a real body. And so I appreciate that in other people. And I said to myself, hmm, it's interesting. I can appreciate that in other people, but I can't find that same appreciation within myself. And I started to really understand that tying back into like this, the, the gender identity, I realized that, you know, up until puberty like I really just like I said saw myself as this alien saw myself as this kind of like this entity that just happened to pick this body and this is the, the body that I chose and then I went through puberty and everything changed because then right like I said earlier it was 
other people then starting to police and have agency over my body or feel like they had more agency over my body than I did. And that that had a lot to do with, I, you know, I can't, obviously I can't speak for any other person's experience, but because I started developing at a pretty young age, and I remember it was me and one other person in the class, she was, uh, we were both developing breasts early on. And the way that, not just even the students, but also the teachers and the staff, the way that suddenly people were different around us because of that, like you can't quite articulate it as a as a child as a young person of like why are people responding to me differently and then I went to middle school and you know continuing to evolve and now my moon is starting my cycle is starting and I have a different relationship with my body now and um and and having some shame around that right still still I was still in dance obviously and so being very critical having somebody very critical of my body so I had this juxtaposition of of people being critical of it, but then also kind of sexualizing my body. And it just became this really odd space for me. And so what I ended up doing was I started to wear a lot of clothes. And this was also like in the 90s. So there were there was a time where in fashion, people were wearing a lot of baggy clothes. And so I wore baggy clothes <laughs> like it wasn't just in like hip-hop that I was listening to I was also very much into like the rave scene and so like those huge I don't know if y'all remember those huge like Junko J- Junko jeans yes I had a pair of Junko jeans <laughs> so I was basically swimming in my clothes and it was also while it was it was fashion it was also a form of protection So when puberty hit for me, it was, and and particularly after puberty, uh, as my body kind of really settled more into the shape that it kind of consistently has been, which has a little bit of muscle, has a little bit of, (laughs) it's got a little bit of softness, got a little bit of rolls, got a little bit of roundness to it. It's, it, it was interesting, particularly in my teen young adult years because like I said I, I still had this feeling and sense of like I'm more than this body I mean it kind of that voice dwindled because obviously now I'm, I'm a teenager I'm a young adult and so that that powerful voice of I'm, I'm bigger than this I'm more than this started to get superseded by that critical voice of I gotta fit in I gotta look like everybody else Um, so I had a lot of kind of competing narratives that were going on. I had this narrative of, of, uh, criticism and having to have, having to get my body to look a certain way in order to be this ideal dancer. Then I also had like the sexualization of my body, um, from boys, young men, older men. I also had, and, and also some women (laughs) and also some women. Uh, and then also, um, so let me see if I can explain this and articulate this in a way. The narrative that was coming back to me was you have to pick a lane. You have to pick a thing. You're either going to be masculine and present as a, a lesbian (laughs) or 
you're going to be super feminine if you're going to present as super feminine then yeah you can be gay but also like you're going to present more as like cisgendered heterosexual heteronormative and so it was like this pick a lane and the pick a lane kind of started more so when I when I dated and I became more sexually active and I was dating cisgendered heterosexual uh young men or boys whatever age I was it was around the same age of person that I was uh, engaging with and so right there was uncomfortability it could be uncomfortability within them of, of what their gender I didn't who knows I don't I can't suppose what they were thinking or feeling but if I happened to wear something that came across as a little bit more masculine there would be a little pushback of like yeah maybe don't wear that or you know wear something that's a little cuter or wears maybe kind of the more girly version of that and so it was a steady drumbeat of like pick a lane pick a thing do this, do that, right? What What is the thing that you're going to do? And stick to that and don't change from that. Don't deviate from that. So over time, then I eventually just kind of calcified in this way of being of like, okay, well, let me then just support the narrative that people already have about me. If I just do that, then that will be fine. Because if I if I dressed in a way that was considered more quote unquote masculine, then suddenly I got really odd attention. It was either very, it was confusion um, or kind of like an odd attraction. It, it was, it was very interesting to see people around me when I would dress in a way that would be considered more masculine. But then when I was dressing more feminine, quote unquote, I'm using these words, right? Words, words, words. Um, with the makeup and the heels and the this and that, it was almost as if I became invisible. It was almost as if I became just like part of the wallpaper, part of the background, because it was like, oh yeah, this is what we expect of you. And because you look like a woman, you look like a black woman, <laughs> right? You're just, you're, you're dressing the way that we think that you should dress. And so then I became invisible. But the minute I would wear something that was, queer or out of the bounds of what was per perceived of me to be and to wear then that's when I would get uh the stares and the questions and the, like what and the confusion and <clears throat> so out of safety and also out of kind of like let me just not make any waves I would I leaned into all right well let me just wear the things that feel that aren't really kind of what I want to wear at this moment in time in my life, but I just, I, I don't want any more pushback. I don't want any more stares. I don't want any more, I don't want any confusion from people towards me. Let me just kind of do this thing. So I, I leaned into that. Interestingly enough, where I'm at right now in my life is I really do enjoy wearing more feminine, quote unquote, type clothing. There's something about the flowiness of it and I realized that what I'm tapping into isn't a descriptor or isn't an identifier of masculine and feminine. What I'm tapping into when I wear something is the feeling of the thing. I am tapping into the, the, the kind of freedom and the flowiness 
And that could be in a pant, that could be in a skirt, that could be in a dress, right? It's not indicative of an article of clothing. It's more indicative of this is making me feel something. And that's what I gravitate towards more now is this resonates more of how I feel rather than how I look. And it just so happens that shows itself up in more kind of femme ways. But I don't identify the the style of dress or the way I show up as femme. It's, like I said, it's a feeling. And, you know, the other thing about this too, and I mean, we're going to go into the spiritual aspects of this, right? I think there's a, a rebalancing that we're all kind of trying to to move into. We're kind of, we're trying to move the scales in a way that tip more to the divine feminine because we have been in the divine masculine for a very long time. I mean, that's kind of, we're, we're still in it. And when I think of white supremacy, capitalism, patriarchy, um, colonialism, all of that racism, it is all <clears throat> very male dominated. It's very male oriented. It's a male way of thinking and being and showing up and presenting to the world. And so when I lean into that divine feminine, it's like I kind of want to queer the ways in which I feel in my body. I'm I'm, I'm trying to queer my life in a way that is saying like, yeah, I want to I want to push against that patriarchal that that kind of more masculine dominated. It's not that I don't want to push it away. I want to I want a healthy balance of both. I want both. I actually want to feel both in my body. I don't want to be so dominated by one that I then uh, suffocate the other. And when I was in that period of time in my life where I was leaning into that divine feminine and really just kind of putting all my weight into it, I was neglecting that divine masculine part of myself and still feeling like something was off within me then. Right. Because that was that was a part of the performative thing I'm doing. I'm, I'm performing for the other people. So other people are more comfortable with how I'm showing up within the world. But that's not comfortable to me. <laughs> it's not how I want to be. So how do I want to be and how do I want to feel? Um, and so within the past couple of years, there's been this question of my gender identity and. <sighs> I say non-binary because what what is so important to me is that I want to be able to connect with people energetically. I know that when people see me, I know what they're seeing. And if you want to stay at that surface level, we can do that. But if you really want to build with me, if you really want to grow with me, if you really want to experience your own liberation, then kind of get to know me in a place where it goes past this physical presence. It goes past this physical body. And I can do that with you. I can go a little deeper with you. We can do this together, but don't, don't, (laughs) don't stop at the, at the, at the film at the top. Um, and that, and that goes for both sides. 
it's not just me asking you to do that for me. I'm also doing that for you. So when I meet people, right, I don't want to presume or assume that I know who you are based off of how you look. Now, we all have judgments. We all have things of like, okay, when we see someone, it's like we have this type of, oh, this is how they look, blah, 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 right? <laughs> but I'm trying to push past, not trying, I'm pushing past that. Because I'm like, yeah, I can see that this is what this person looks like. And even if I know someone on the surface, I'm like, okay, these are their likes, these are their dislikes. But I still, I want to get to know the essence of you. And I went through this whole thing for a period of time where even with uh, my pronouns, they were kind of... I was shifting a lot with my pronouns of, um, it started, I was like, okay, maybe they, them feels good because I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. not that I hated she, <laughs> and I've been called he, uh, it, it, neither one of them made me feel any kind of any way, but I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe they feels good. And I thought about it a little more, a little bit more, and I was like, it, they feel so like othering, like over, like they over there, <laughs> like over there, people, them, them people over there outside of me. So it it felt very othering. It felt distant. They them. And I was like, mm, that doesn't feel resonant to me. So then I tried on Z Zim's ear, and let me tell you, for all those people out there who are like, I don't understand the pronouns. It's a lot. It's heady. It's so much. I get it. I get it. I do. Because I also grappled with that within myself of like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. And, oh, I didn't even know that's a pronoun. And, oh, I, I mean, I looked at this chart of like all these other diff like other pronouns that you could use. And I was like, I didn't even realize that there were all these other ways <laughs> that you could identify. And, you know, I would love for us to be in a place where if someone says, hi, Zizimzir, it, like it doesn't bother us. We're not phased by it. I would, I, I love for us to get to that point where it doesn't fucking matter. We're not there yet. We're getting there. But, um, but ultimately if me saying a pronoun is going to get you tripped up <laughs> and get you all upset, we're missing what's at the heart of the matter. So I eventually kind of like let the whole pronoun thing fall away. If someone calls me she, okay. Someone calls me he, okay. Someone calls me they, all right. What I'm truly trying to get to is how do I connect with you? How do I build with you? How do I be in relationship with you? Um, and that's my journey. That's not everybody's journey when it comes to pronouns. Some people are very intentional about their pronouns and it's important. And so ask questions. I mean, I still ask questions. I don't assume or presume. I kind of give a general they until someone tells me, uh, I'm, don't use that. <laughs> you know, I give a general they to everybody. And that's how I describe everybody. You know, even if I'm like talking to a friend or my, my spouse about somebody I saw in the grocery store, I won't say, oh, he did it. I'll be like, they, you know, this... <laughs> keep it general, keep it general, keep it light. And so, yeah, I, so some people are much more intentional about their pronouns and much more intentional about 
um, the words because the words mean something to them. And so if that means something to them, then honor that. It doesn't take anything away from you to honor something that they want. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Uh, for me, I've discovered that the pronouns don't have as much weight. It's much more about how do I, like I said, how do I connect with you? How do I build with you? How do I grow with you? How do I be in relationship with you? That's what matters to me. And so I'm not going to get tripped up if you say she, he, they, it, boom, bam, boom, ji, jim, whatever. Okay. Um, just don't be disrespectful. Like, that's it. One of the things that I've also come to understand is that when I think about the overall structure that I live and swim in, white supremacy, patriarchy, racism, colonialism, sexism, all the isms. When I think about the, the, the structure that I'm in, that structure does not want me to take the time to build and connect and grow with you. It, it doesn't allow for that. And so every day there's an active, intentional choice of building and connecting and getting beyond the physical facade. And so why is that important? I mean, to me, having this identifier of non-binary, it's not something that I'd wave around. <laughs> it's not something that I'm just like, everybody, I'm non-binary, right? It's that, but I, there was a way in which in my own self-reflection that I had to kind of strip away these identifiers, these labels. I can use them in communication to help people to understand how I feel. But when it comes to like when I sit with myself or when I'm engaging with people one-on-one, -on -one, I'm not getting tripped up in that because what I'm, like I said, I'm trying to do is build and connect. And so that in itself has become a spiritual practice. It be, has become a way for me to practice self-love, self-care, radical self-honesty, radical self-trust. I mean, these are kind of like the recurring, recurring themes <laughs> in this season. I think that you'll see popping up over and over again uh, because, like I said in the last episode, if you heard, listened to the last episode, uh, I think we're all in a space where we're questioning those things for ourselves. And we're kind of wanting to get back to that place. We're wanting to get back to that place of self-love. We're wanting to get back to that place of connection. We're wanting to get back to that place of uh, radical honesty and self-trust. And we're trying to find how to do that. And each person is going to have a different way of going about it. Each person is going to have a different way of going about it. This is another thing that I've had to learn. <laughs> it, right? I can't impose my, um, my journey, my practices on somebody else. And say, well, if it doesn't look like this, then you're not liberated. Nah. Now, there's obvious ways, I'll say, where there, there's... And you can feel within yourself and you can feel within your gut and your, in your intuition when you're engaging with someone that their level of work is, is different. It's in a different space. It's in, in a different realm from you. And really, it's on you at that point to say, okay, well, do I want to continue engaging with this person in this way? Do I want to, do I want to kind of meet this person halfway where we have some type of middle ground, 
where we can kind of blend in together? Do I want to be in a relationship and community with this person? There's a lot of questions that go into that, but it begins at this kind of very energetic and very cellular, cellular level of getting back to reconnecting with yourself. So like I said, I've really been connecting with the divine feminine more. And, you know, what I really love about reconnecting with that energy is that we have been kind of indoctrinated into thinking and seeing these current structures, these current structures that we live in as having power this individualistic this hoarding this accumulation this um competition we see that as power and i think that it's more of a brute force than a power When I have been leaning into the divine feminine and then holding both of the energies of the masculine feminine within me, but really kind of counterbalancing that masculine energy that is so prevalent and so dominant right now, when I have been (laughs) going to the other end, just, just tipping that scale a little bit more to that divine feminine side, what I have discovered is that there is a whole well of power that is so palpable like people interact with me now very differently than they have for my entire life and what's interesting is that I've had people say to me very clearly very plainly to my face there's something about you like I can't quite put my finger on it but there's something about you that's just you're you're intriguing last week I got all dressed up I had a day to myself I was like I'm gonna take myself out and just do what I want to do just have some moment of just me just have just feeling myself so got dressed up and actually I was wearing I was I was wearing pants uh, but there was like big flowy like cotton pants t-shirt jean jacket and some sneakers I did I did have on some lipstick um I had a bright red lip. It's like cute, it was nice. And so, yeah, I don't think that, I mean, I guess other people looking at me could say like, yes, that would be, I guess, femme presenting. But I mean, I just was feeling myself. I was like, I'm looking cute. And I had so many people come up to me and say like, you look gorgeous. You look beautiful. Or I had one person come up to me and say like, wow, like, wow, you just, you're, you're really intriguing. And had never seen me. I never saw them before. Haven't seen them again. But the people around me are responding in a way that, yeah, it's 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 so unique. And what I've discovered is that the power is way more palpable. It's so, oh, it feels so good. 
it's so good. It's kind of slipping into something. Whatever texture feels good on your skin, it's like slipping into that and just having that enveloped all over your body. That's how it feels when it emanates from me. And I'm not saying this to y'all to say, hey, lean into that divine feminine energy. Maybe you have been on that end of the spectrum and you have been feeling that energy and maybe your counter, your your tipping the scale to kind of balance it is to lean more into the divine masculine. I don't know. But whatever that is, there's a way in which I think kind of queering our views on masculine and feminine. I know that I'm using these words, but I have no other words to use <laughs> to describe. But the way that we kind of queer even our um, our relationship with those words and uh, change the the format and the structure of how we, we think of them. Because I think that when we're talking about masculine and feminine, I, I, there's also, there's, at least in my interpretation of it, an undercurrent of power. How How do we how do we tap into our power? How do we exert that power? And like I said, because we have been kind of more in this masculine frame of mind, we think of power in one way, but then we're we're, we're not also leaning to in into the other subtle forms of power that could be masculine or feminine, but it it has a different kind of texture to it. And so, being able to open ourselves up to, uh soft power, (laughs) tender power, compassionate power, like that, y'all, that is a whole, ooh, that's a whole word. It's a whole sermon. When you feel it in your body, when you really feel it and, and, and it's emanating from you and, and other people around you can feel it and can sense it. And I'm in a place now where I've really kind of, while I have this this label that I use that I, I say of non-binary, it's, like I said, it's just stripping away the the, the structures and the, and the confines that I have placed myself in based off of these words of masculine, feminine, based off of societal views of um, what that is and how that should live inside of me versus how it feels in me and how I just access it on my own without having a directive from someone outside of me. So it's been a a challenging time because I've had so many different waves just in these past two years, these waves of flowing between flowing between the spectrum very quickly, very (laughs) like moving very fast and very fluidly. And so I can see and feel from people outside of me some of the irritation because it's a little different than how I had moved before. Um, It's kind of rapidly, like you can see the rapid changes within me based off of the things that I'm wearing, based off of just energetically what's coming off of me. So once again, I'm in this space of the, the people outside of me the world outside of me is responding to me in this way, but I'm not taking the bait. I'm not, and not to say that people are kind of challenging me. Um, I think there's more uh, acceptance of me because people also feel an acceptance that I have within myself. I'm, I'm more accepting of me being this 
badass spiritual person in this body that I chose that I'm like, you know, it's a great body. <laughs> like I have a great body and it's not a great body because of how it looks. It's a great body because I'm, I'm alive and I've done some amazing things with this body. It's still here. It's still doing what it needs to do to get me to, <laughs> to get me the places I need to be, to, to, to allow me to do the things that I want to do. Right. There's there. I don't have any hindrances. I don't have right. There's. Yeah. Even if I have an ache and pain, but I, I have this vessel. I have this vehicle to be able to experience the joys and the pleasures of life. Because I think that that's what the body is really meant to do. This body is meant for me to experience the joys and the pleasures of life. And so why not? Why not kind of like stretch myself? Why not open up my wingspan to be able to like touch with my fingertips the edges of things that feel new, different, foreign, familiar? Because maybe there is, maybe there's something there. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> but it's like if, if what I'm trying to say is like holding and restricting myself didn't do anything for me. I had to be able to stretch myself. I had to be able to expand. I had to be able to like, I mean, right now, if you were to see me, I'm stretching my arms as far as they can possibly go on either side and to really be able to take up space. That's what it is. It's taking up space. It's taking up space wherever I go. And also recognizing that wherever I am in a space, I'm there. I'm there. (laughs) Like I show up, I'm there And so, yeah, why not kind of like stretch out? Why not expand? Because I'm already in the space. So why don't I just be in the space as me? And this, it's, it's been a really challenging lesson to learn because continually day in day, I mean, there are, there are, there are interactions that I have. We, we have created in, in my family, this kind of bubble. We say this a lot. So with my wife and we have two girls, we've created this bubble where in the home, there's, there's, there's becoming more freedom. Uh, my wife and I are going through these really different transformative experiences individually and also within our relationship. And so because of that, um, we're really trying to understand our individual freedom and liberation and our freedom and liberation as a couple. And so... That has also then rippled out to our daughters and we put in the work, (laughs) we've done the things, now let's just be free, let's be liberated. And what I love about that is like, we have like a a space now that we're cultivating, creating together to say, okay, we have this home base that we can always come back to, stretch our, stretch our legs, take a deep exhale, kind of let things go, shed the skin, shed the layers, just be. Because the minute that we cross the threshold and we go outside of this bubble that we've created, things are going to be coming at us. And so we need to make sure that we're resourced. We need to make sure that we're resourced in this home base. And as long as we come, in, come back here, you know, it's like a charging pad. We come back to this house. We we charge up. We try to make sure that things, um, that, that we're expressing ourselves, that we're, that we're stretching ourselves. And so that when I step out of this door, that I know I have that solid foundation of self-resource, self, 
um, self-love, self-trust, radical self-honesty, and then I can step with intention. I can step with integrity. I can step with power. But that has to be cultivated and created, and it takes time. And we're still in that process. We are still in it. And this, y'all, this shit is not easy. (laughs) Nothing about this is easy. And I'm talking to you from this place and it seems like, yeah, you know, I may be on the other side of some things. What you're hearing is a lot of work. Because I, I, there are things that I'm on the other side of and there are a lot of things that I'm like, oof, we're just, we're still in it. (laughs) We're still in it. We're still in it, but I'm just, I'm taking away the criticism I think I said that in the last episode too. I'm taking away the criticism, taking away the judgment. And I'm just allowing what is to be what is. And 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 really loving that. Loving the complexity, loving the intensity, loving the messiness, loving all of it because all of it is me. It's all me. If I'm only holding on to or only wanting to acknowledge the good stuff and the times where I'm looking cute and things are going great, um, then, well, who am I in the, in the times where <laughs> I'm showing up in, in not the most loving and, and, and compassionate ways? Who, who am I when I'm showing up in messy ways? I'm still me. I'm still me. But then I'm going to pretend and, and not acknowledge that that's also me. Like, no, no. And I think that's also another component of like the non-binary Right. Because I'm not holding on to, well, then I got to be, quote unquote, good. (laughs) I got to be good all the time. I got to be right all the time. I got to be performing all the time. Another non that's also a part of my non-binary identity is like I'm not holding on to just these aspects of myself. I'm holding on to also the parts of myself that are messy. That people feel are hurtful, that people feel um, can be mean that people feel can be bratty because those are also me <laughs> those are also me oh man oh deep exhales deep exhales so I really appreciate y'all going on these these journeys with me. Um, we're going to have some interesting things that we're going to be talking about. And I, I, I want y'all to kind of strap in on this ride with me because it has been, it's it's been, and it continues to be an interesting journey for me. And there have been ways in, that I wanted to share this. And I was like, I don't really know how. And also, I'm not really sure and spirit just kept saying just speak on it just use your voice um i was trying to write writing always helps me but uh sometimes things are moving so quickly that i just need to kind of get it out and so just getting out and processing through the voice and it's also very important for me to process through the voice because i was someone who was very silent and very restrictive and i held things in and so now i'm using the power of my voice I'm using the power of the communication through my energy the communication of my body language to say like I am here (laughs) not I'm just not in here I am here and I have something to share and some of it you'll resonate with and be like yeah mm, I feel that and some of it you're like no I'm not in the same space and that's fine 
That's all good. It's all beautiful. And yeah, let's just keep going on this journey together. Let's keep seeing where this takes us because I think it's going to take us some really great places, y'all. And I'm so excited for this season. I'm so excited for all of you to be on this journey with me. So, you know, if you have anything about, uh, you want to share anything about this this time, oh, we should do, you know what? I'm going to start doing this where if you have questions, send me questions. Let's do like a, a Q&A section. Maybe we can like start to do that at the end of season two, maybe a whole new season in season three, we'll have a Q&A section. So if you have any questions that you want me to answer uh, related to self-reflection, related to spiritual mental alchemy, related to healing, ancestral, generational, past life, whatever, whatever. Anything that could be, it could be a, a question from uh, one of the episodes that you listened to and you wanted some more clarification and understanding of what I was talking about. Whatever. Send me a question. Emails in the show notes. Give it to me. And we can have a whole Q&A section. And that way, because I always, in any of these formats that I have, I always like to be engaging in a way where it's a, it's a dialogue, it's a conversation, it's a discussion. Me talking into this microphone, yes, there's a way in which we are having this moment and we are exchanging because you're listening to this right now. But me sitting here talking to the microphone, like, you know, there, there, there is a, uh, there, there is a reciprocal energy here, but I also kind of want to bring that into the podcast. So having questions, you engaging, me engaging with you in the questions, I think that'd be really cool. So if you're into that, send me some questions and then we can start a whole new segment for that. Thank y'all so much, and I'll catch you on the next episode. I'm In Here is produced and edited by me, Kendall. The intro music was also created by me. You can find my wellness business, In Her Power, on Instagram at inher underscore power, or on Twitter at inherpower email me with any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts that you may have. My email address is Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L, at inherpower.space. To help support me in continuing to bring you some great content, I invite you to become a patron. Please make sure you review, share, and subscribe to this podcast.